You know, I haven't done this in quite some time where I actually take you on a nature walk with me or take you on a journey with me wherever it is that, um, that I'm headed. And so on today's episode, I want to do a reflection with the audience today. I've uh, shared with you so much of my journey of understanding wealth equity and the people and the different players that are involved when it comes to this world of uh, black wealth, but really global equity and global wealth in general. You know, it started off with us talking about uh, black wealth and black money and what's going on in our communities. And it's opened up to a global examination of wealth and what it really means and from many different aspects. And I just wanna, as I'm taking my nature walk today, I can't guarantee that you'll have the best audio ever and the, the lights, camera actions. I can't, I can't guarantee you'll probably hear birds in the background, cars, as I uh, begin uh, walking towards my nature walk. But I do think this conversation is important. It's been on my mind. Oh, it's been on my mind for a while. Honestly, most episodes that I have, they typically stay on my mind for weeks on end. And I have to wrap my mind around how to process different ideas. And then once the ideas connect, I say, okay, that's an episode. Or if I come across somebody uh, online and I, and I really love the work that they're doing, I'm like, that's an episode, right? And so sometimes I'm talking with guests and within the guest and, and their story, that's the episode. And sometimes I might be listening to an interview and as I'm listening to the interview, I'm remembering a past interview or a past moment and I'm connecting those dots. Well, one of the things that is standing out to me today is this idea around what the world markets to us and how easily we can become swayed by what's marketed towards us. I posted something on Twitter the other day and for those who follow me on Twitter, you get an inside behind the scenes look at just some of my thoughts as they're happening. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty raw about my thoughts. And I, I wanna, as a spiritual being, having a human experience, I wanna truly have a human experience. I don't wanna just smile for the cameras and pretend that everything is okay. I want to truly experience uh, the human emotions as they happen. And sometimes that means people are not going to like you. Because they never like you when you tell your truth or you tell your pain or you become vulnerable. Actually, most times when you become vulnerable, people try to take advantage of you in many ways. 
but if you do check out my Twitter uh, thoughts at Gifted Rulership on Twitter, you'll know that I actually recently talked about how when I was immature in my my faith walk and my belief in a higher being, when I was immature in that that walk, uh, I used to allow what was being marketed towards me to rule my life. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by what's being marketed towards me, I mean like a commercial would come on or a music would come out and I would buy a CD or basically anything that's in the world that is being pushed towards me, I would consume it and then uh, not necessarily have the discernment to not necessarily adapt or adopt that into my life. So, you know, recently I did a, uh, I did a full episode on, I did a full episode probably two seasons ago about the five major myths of money and, and the five major uh, myths of money from hip hop. And I talked about how there are so many songs in hip hop that kind of took us down the wrong path when it came to money. And they all were associated with uh, one person. Only one person was tied to all of them. And it happened to be Puff Daddy or P. Diddy or whatever, right? Well, it wasn't just him back then, but it, it does seem that you know, his music and his his content had a major hold on a lot of people. And that marketing uh, became people's reality. And depending on what you want for your life, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. And so I only say that to say, when we were younger, a lot of us were very impressionable. And since I'm telling my own personal journey, I was very impressionable. I was soaking up, to me, what I thought I was doing back then was soaking up game. I thought these people were put in place for us to learn from and uh, follow and reenact those ways of thinking. And as I grew closer in my faith, And as I started studying the word of God, as I started studying ancient wisdom, as I started studying more and more and more, that's when I started to realize that a lot of the things that are marketed towards us is not for our better use. It's not there to actually help us. In many ways, it was put there to destroy us. Okay? And so the reason why I'm having this nature walk and the reason why there's noise in the background and the reason why it's so important to have this because I want this to be a raw conversation. I I told y'all from the very beginning, all the editing, all the lights, 
all the cameras, all that stuff, sometimes can get in the way of the truth. And we, we so focus on making it look pretty that we're not telling our truths anymore. Or our truths have been uh, blinded by the lights, camera, action. And we don't know what's true anymore. When I was a kid, when I was young, even probably up to my early 20s, I allowed uh, the world, what was marketed in the world, to dictate my reality. And only when I took a step back and realized that I can create my own reality, did the world open up for me. I no longer had to listen to what a rapper was saying. I no longer had to listen to what a movie is saying. I no longer had to take everything on a radio show or even like today, YouTube personalities. I never, I no longer had to take it as law. I could review that information and then decide for myself if that information is true or not and how I want to use that information moving forward without necessarily being uh, influenced by the information. I was able to discern now. So I'm still able to watch the same movie. I'm still able to listen to similar music. I'm still able to review it, but now I can review it from a different type of level of understanding. A level of understanding that doesn't involve being swayed to become it. And it allows me now to question it all. <laughs> and what I've noticed is when you start questioning things, oh, you're going to lose some friends that were never really your friends. People are going to change up on you because, wait a second, a lot of these people out here, they profit off of. A lot of these people out here profit off of you doing the same thing you did as a child, which is take things from the world as the truth and they profit off of it. <laughs> They're banking on the fact that no matter what we put in the headlines, they'll believe it and they'll do what we tell them to do. If we say it the right way, they won't question it. They'll be gullible and they'll just follow along to a lie. So as I was growing in my faith and I was growing as a person, a few things happened, right? When I was in school, one of my favorite subjects was marketing. And I love the fascination of how information is given to the general public that makes them make their buying decisions. Oh, I love it. I love the psychology. To me, marketing was the psychology of business. 
And I would sit there and just, just study how psychology manipulates and transcends society to make people say, ooh, that's a product or service that I want. I love that uh, that subject so much that I went to undergraduate school and I studied it as my concentration. And I, I love all the different tools that were provided to me. Then I went on to get my master's in acquisitions. And then I said, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to be able to use my marketing and couple it with this, this passion I have for uh, business ownership and equity ownership. And so as I you know, gathered those tools up, I then went out into the world and began putting them into use. And I'm meeting all these really cool people and I'm meeting uh, I'm meeting the technicians of society who are really the movers and shakers of society. They're not famous. <laughs> they aren't famous. But they're who the famous people go to to get certain things accomplished. Okay? And one thing I learned is most famous people, not all, most famous people are usually part of someone's marketing strategy. They aren't necessarily the decision makers. They aren't necessarily uh, the people who put it all together. They typically are hired to bring attention to a project, to a company, to an investment. That's what celebrities are used for. And so in this era of hyper, hyper celebrity focus on people's content, I want to remind the audience that that actually cares. I want to remind the audience of a few things before I head out today. Number one. Just because a celebrity is attached to something doesn't mean that that something is going to work or it's legitimate, or that the celebrity even knows what they are promoting. A lot of times, a celebrity gets uh, all these different endorsement ideas and the amount that's attached to them, and they say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and they may not even know specifically what they're saying yes to. So when they go out and they pitch this product or service or read a teleprompter, or uh, read the script and they say, buy this. But when they do that, they may not even know what they're telling you. Prime example, we just posted something the other day about FTX and Shaq and Tom Brady and Steph Curry and all these different people were part of a potential lawsuit because they promoted FTX, which uh, turned out to not be as credible as everyone thought it would be. And we posted uh, the actual document from the SEC about how you need to be 
mindful that just because a celebrity is attached to something doesn't mean that it actually has any true value. I'm going to repeat that one. Just because celebrities are attached to it doesn't mean it actually has any value. So if you are building your brand around celebrity, it doesn't actually mean that you have any significant value whatsoever. It may bring attention. It may bring eyeballs. It may bring all these different things and wonderful opportunities because people will look at it and say, "Ooh, a celebrity is part of it. Let me pay attention. But once the what they, what they say, the, once the uh, rubber hits the road, once everything is stripped away, the celebrities disappear. What does that company have to offer other than the celebrities and the names? I honestly think that a lot of these companies and organizations, they think that the the end user or the consumer or whoever is on the other side of their product or service, I believe that they think we're stupid. I think they think we're fools. And as I'm as I'm sitting here on this nature walk, I'm under one of the biggest trees in the area. And I'm just I'm taking this thing in and I'm trying to figure out the audacity for people to leverage celebrity and think that that is where value resides. But here's the thing. When I was younger, I would have bought into it. Man, when I was younger, if you would have threw Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Puff Daddy, uh, I don't know, so you know somebody that was was successful, Michael Jordan and Oprah. If you threw them on a stage, I would have been there and said, "This is the best thing ever." Because look at all these these people that I'm familiar with. And let's say they were talking about a topic as near and dear to my heart as wealth equity, or global equity, or creating uh, a more sustainable economy. I would have been right there listening. And then as I got an older, if I look back on that conversation, I would have said, Michael Jordan doesn't know anything about creating a sustainable economy. I mean, he's one of the best basketball players ever, but I think he should, you know, really focus on what he's great at. It doesn't mean he can't own teams and be an investor. But if I'm going to learn about sustainable economies, I should probably go to someone who's been in sustainable economy studies for over 20 plus years. I mean, as much as I appreciate the brand that Oprah has built, I don't know if I would go to her for wealth equity. Right. I mean, Oprah is awesome. She's a great example of what you could, you know, obtain in this life. But if if I was trying to figure out, you know, how do we create smart cities and and create situations where we can create our own economies? I just don't know if Puff Daddy 
would be the person that I would throw on that stage. Or let's say I wanted to create uh, a healthcare program because health is wealth. I'm not sure if I would have Ken Griffey Jr. up there. Right. These are just people back then when when I was younger that I might have looked up to or said I really liked. When I was when I was immature in my faith. I would have grabbed all these different celebrities and threw them on the stage and then pretended as if I accomplished something. That's when I was immature. When I was immature, that's exactly what I would have did. When I was immature, I would have grabbed every celebrity, threw them on a name and thrown some type of conference or festival and said, we've accomplished it now. We've done it. And then not only would I have done that, I would have sat there on on many different interviews and pretended as if I'm the king of all of this and I run the world. Because look at all these big names. I got Oprah. I got Puff Daddy. I got Ken Griffey Jr. I got Shaq. I got Steph Curry. I would have got all these big names and then I would have inflated my own ego. (laughs) I would have inflated my own ego thinking that I accomplished something by having the biggest names I could possibly have surrounding me so I can look bigger than what I really am. That's what I would have did when I was immature. The mature side of me says, I don't even think we should be having conferences and festivals. You know, last night, I'm listening, or actually this morning when I woke up, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really watch it last night. When I woke up, I saw all these different clips of Donald Trump at a town hall. Uh, uh, Former President Donald Trump at a town hall. He appears to be running for president again. I really love this town hall conversation. The people should have a voice. One thing I learned through my, my, my time in the marketing game is one of the ways that people are manipulated is they think they have no voice. And so you just slap a whole bunch of names on a conference. You throw uh, some famous people into a festival. And if you're not careful, you'll look up and you'll spend whatever amount of money on it and you think you've accomplished something. You heard some really great talks from some really inspiring people, but what did it really change? And then maybe you can network with other people there and meet some really amazing people. So there is some uh, value to it. But man, one thing I've learned in my mature stage is you really get to know people more one-on-one. And so do I want to get to know Michael Jordan one-on-one? If I'm talking about sustainable communities, or do I want to know one-on-one the person who builds sustainable communities? And if I invited the sustainable community expert onto a platform, does that now make me the king? Does now that make me... (laughs) Everything revolves around me? No. The focus should be on the sustainability experts, the wealth equity experts, whatever the experts may be. There are people running around here. And I remember, man, when I was younger, 
I would look I would look at these uh, news articles on Essence and Vibe and The Source and places like uh, Black Enterprise. And man, if if I saw these things and people were on the cover, I would have said, man, I can't wait to do that one day. But that was the immature side of me. <laughs> the mature side realizes a lot of these people on your Forbes under 40 or Forbes under 30, they pay for those spots. The people on the covers, the people that they promote, they aren't always necessarily the people you want in your life, the people you want in your corner. That's, it took me maturing to realize that. And everybody's not going to get that because the immature side of me looking at that, if somebody would have said something about Puff Daddy on the cover or uh, Ken Griffey Jr. on the cover or Shaq on the cover, if they said, man, you know, why are you listening to that person about this particular topic? I would have said, man, you just hate him. That's Shaq. Shaq knows everything that's going on. If Shaq says FTX is good, FTX is good. And then it would have been a Ponzi scheme. What I don't like is this. This is what I don't like. People will take all the credit in the world if they have the biggest name surrounding them. But then when other names are surrounding them that have been proven to be scammers and liars and frauds, they take no responsibility whatsoever for that. So it's, 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 hey, the biggest things in the world I take responsibility for, but the, the things that I fed the community that weren't as great, oh, you know, you, know, you can't, you can't vet everybody. When I was immature, there's a lot of things that are going on now that I would have bought into. Yep. They would have had me hook, line, and sinker. But when I matured, I had to start questioning it all. And that's why a lot of people don't want me in the room. They don't want me to question anything. They just want us to go this direction no matter what. Even if it leads to destruction. Even if we're mishandling information and giving out misinformation, even if Shaq is lying to us and saying you should check out this cryptocurrency market. And then later he says, but I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. The same people that were excited about having Shaq on their stages have said nothing about Shaq uh, giving out misinformation on FTX. Or Steph Curry giving out misinformation. Steph Curry is right now playing in the NBA playoffs. And nobody's saying anything about his FTX dealings. I'm taking this nature walk. And I'm trying to be as raw as possible in this episode. Because I think. Actually I know. That if I don't say something about what's going on, they'll say, 
man, you must have loved it back then. Everything that was going on back then, you must have loved because you never said anything. And I can't even imagine 20, 30 years from now when we look back at all this stuff that was happening. I can't imagine being silent. I couldn't imagine being silent during a time where our people are being misled by a celebrity culture that feeds ego, but it doesn't necessarily feed the soul. So wait, 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 Derek. If we aren't supposed to pay attention to them, where are we supposed to pay attention to? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added upon you. One thing I realized is the answers are inside of you. You know what's best for you, what you need to do. If you are trying to build the largest beauty supply chain, then we need to get you connected within your network of all the different people that you'll need to build your beauty supply chain. If you are trying to build your own uh, media company, let's get you a network of all the different players you'll need in the media space. And you'll know what's best for you because the kingdom of God is within you. And so what ends up happening is we, we look outside of ourselves and say, Oprah's on stage. Ken Griffey Jr.'s on stage. Shaq is on stage. And I'm just making up these names because these are people that I looked up to when I was younger. We'll look and say, those are the people, those are the people. And then we'll do everything they say. And then that's not even our match. Each one of us has a different genius. And Shaq may not be the same type of genius that I am. So following Shaq wouldn't make no sense. But because it's a familiar face, we listen to it. I believe that right now. Oh, I got to add this. I got to add this. So a few years ago. A few years ago, and I've only told this to a couple people. I got approached by one of the largest uh, advertisers, advertising consultants in the world. And actually, I met him through another friend. We were sitting down talking and he had heard about my podcast or the podcast you're listening to today, Black Equity Podcast. And he was asking, you know, how many listeners do you have? And so I tell him how many listeners we have. And he gave me a lot of game that day. He said, well, you are very close to being able to really make some major moves. You have one of two options that I see. He said, and if you go this direction, you need to start looking at having celebrities uh, as your guests to bring more attention to your audience or you can go a different path where you don't even necessarily have to have the largest audience but you can actually make a bigger impact now I can't give you what that jewel is 
But I can tell you I didn't go the celebrity route. And for those who don't have a keen eye, if you if you if you if you squint just a little bit and you look up, you'll think that what we're currently doing isn't as valuable as someone who is surrounded by celebrity. To the untrained eye, you would think that we lost. But no, we didn't lose. <laughs> we, we, we reached a place where there was no competition because we were playing a different game than everyone else. I think when I first got into this, a lot of people that were, it's, it's actually kind of sad, a lot of the people that ended up being our biggest rivals and being people that were untrustworthy, sadly, a lot of black podcasters and black influencers were competing and going against one another simply because we were black. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> Other than us being black, we have nothing else in common. Oh, I don't get it sometimes. But what I stopped trying to do is tell everybody how black I am and how I've, I'm more black than everybody else. These people are out here telling you that everything they do is black. It's like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. This is not a, a, a pissing contest of who's the blackest. I think we're so worried about skin color and there's some people out here that are so focused on gender that sometimes I think we miss what's right and what's wrong. Sometimes we'll ignore what's wrong because it's a black person doing it. Or we ignore what's right because it's the opposite gender and today we decided we don't like that gender. You know, during this nature walk, I just as I'm reflecting, I just want to remind you. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within you. You decide for yourself the game you want to play. You don't need a conference or a festival to play your own game. Because if you end up playing somebody else's game, They'll always have the rule books in their hand. One thing I really love is there's this great quote from uh, Kobe Bryant. And he was talking about how one day he decided to study the referee's handbook. He would study the referee's handbook so that he would understand what they're looking for. And he would find the, the holes within what the rule book would state. Now, why am I telling you this? He studied the game and then created his own. 
what I'm encouraging you to do is study the game and create your own game. And when you do that, you become a true citizen of the kingdom of God. You have access to everything that God wants you to have access to. And as you're creating your own game through the supervision of God and Yahweh, Yahweh who is God, you won't need a celebrity to sit next to to feel important. No, you'll just hire celebrities to push your products. If you choose, it's one thing to hire celebrities. It's another thing to sit next to them and make it look like you're more important than what you really are. Study the game, study the rule book, and then create your own. I'm Derek Moultrie, Black Equity Podcast, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.